Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tianlu. Coming up in this edition, Hamas says it has responded to a proposed ceasefire deal drawn up in Paris in a positive spirit as the Gaza conflict hits the four-month mark. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has testified at a House Financial Services Committee hearing on the outlook of the global financial system. And a senior Chinese official has called on China and the United States to stabilize and develop economic ties and deepen exchanges during a meeting of the China-U.S. Economic Working Group. We、we'll、start with the Israel-Palestine. It's been four months since fighting between Israel and Hamas broke out, and the diplomatic push is intensifying on the ceasefire plan for Gaza. Hamas says it has responded to a proposed ceasefire deal drawn up in Paris in a positive spirit. The Israeli Prime Minister's office says details of the Hamas response are being thoroughly evaluated. Meantime, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has arrived in Israel after meeting with Egyptian and Qatari officials in Doha. He is expected to discuss the response from Hamas with Israeli officials. Elena Bakhtaros reports from Jerusalem. The Israeli military has said that it will be pursuing its offensive into Rafah. Now, this is very contentious because Rafah is where more than half of the population of the Gaza Strip is now concentrated. They've been displaced from the north. They've been displaced from the centre by the fighting. They are now concentrated in Rafah. The Israeli military says it has no choice but to pursue Hamas militants who are holed up there. The other issue with with Rafah is that it is right on the border with Egypt. Egypt is very concerned. It has said that an incursion onto its border could jeopardize the peace accord that it reached with Israel in 1979. The U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is on his fifth trip to the region. He has been trying to negotiate along with Egypt and Qatar. On a ceasefire deal between Hamas and Israel that would also see the release of hostages. Now there has been a response from Hamas. We have heard from Qatar that says that Hamas is initially positive to a ceasefire proposal that is on the table. Now Antony Blinken will be conveying this message from the Hamas response to the Israeli officials. So now the, we have to see what the Israeli officials will be responding. That was Elena Bakhtaros in Jerusalem. The four-month-long Israel-Palestine conflict has triggered one of the world's worst humanitarian crises. The Gaza Health Ministry says more than 27,500 Palestinians have been killed and over 66,000 injured. 70% of the casualties in Gaza are women and children. UN agencies on the ground say Israel's evacuation orders in Gaza now cover two-thirds of the territory. While a quarter of Gaza residents are starving, 85% of the over two million local people have been internally displaced. With many schools destroyed, authorities say around 620,000 students have been deprived of education. Nor Harzian reports from Gaza on how. Volunteers have stepped in to fill the gap. Since October 7th, Israeli bombing has damaged or destroyed hundreds of schools in the Gaza Strip. Those that are still standing have been turned into shelters for the displaced. Furniture, such as desks and chairs, has become firewood that the refugees use for heating and cooking. 
Even if a long-term ceasefire is implemented, there will be no simple return to normal life in Gaza. It might take several months before any child could start school again. The displaced people who now fell the former schools will need some place to go and will be dependent on reconstruction before they can resettle. So for now, volunteers are doing what they can to fill the education gap. In a camp located dozens of meters away from the Egyptian border, Asma Mustafa began her educational initiative, teaching the camp's children. They gather around her every morning to learn Arabic, mathematics and English. As a teacher, I look at the students as a treasure because children are our hope for the future. If they lose their right to education, the future of Palestine will be threatened. Therefore, as a teacher, I fulfill my duty towards these students so that they do not stop learning, even in these difficult circumstances and in the camps to which we were displaced. 14-year-old Lama Kishko was displaced from northern Gaza to Rafah. She lives in a tent with her family of six. She attends the class every day and says that she misses her school. I hope that our normal life will return. I miss my school very much. They deprived us of our schools for four months. I miss my teachers, my friends and our daily times at school. So I loved joining the education group here in the camp so that I can continue my education with my new displaced friends. According to the Palestinian Education Ministry in Gaza, some 4,800 students have been killed here and more than 8,400 others injured since October 7th, while 240 faculty and teachers have been killed. That was Noor Harazian in Gaza. Now turning to North America. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has testified at a House Financial Services Committee hearing on the outlook of a global financial system. It comes after the U.S. financial system was left reeling in the wake of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Caroline Malone has more. Nearly a year ago, Silicon Valley Bank went under after a run on their deposits by customers who'd heard high interest rates massively devalued their assets. In a House hearing on Tuesday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen faced tough questioning from representatives about why the Financial Stability Oversight Committee that Yellen leads hadn't warned of the risk from banks. At the time, the government stepped in to protect SVB and assist other banks to get more cash and prevent a protracted banking crisis. Throughout 2023, the Financial Stability Oversight Council monitored a wide range of risks, including risks stemming from commercial and residential real estate sectors and from global geopolitical conflicts and technological developments. When two regional banks failed last March, we acted quickly to prevent contagion to banks with similar vulnerabilities. Other members of the hearing focused on the overall economy and some criticized the policies of the current president, Joe Biden. The discomfort is just too hard to ignore. Americans continue to suffer from the effects of 40-year high inflation experienced throughout the Biden term so far, including lingering high prices. 
But in remarks, Yellen insisted that they'd made a historic recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic, that GDP growth is strong and inflation has declined, while the labour market remains strong. And she said the Financial Stability Oversight Council has considered banks and other financial institutions, climate-related events, cybersecurity, AI and digital assets in its report. That was Caroline Malone reporting. In Asia, Thailand is preparing for an influx of Chinese tourists this Lunar New Year holiday, with over 180,000 expected to make the trip. It's a trend that is expected to extend well beyond the 40-day holiday following a mutual visa exemption agreement. Lucita Selkow finds out how closer ties are helping to revitalize Thailand's tourism industry. In the centre of a province in central Thailand, a dragon lies as if soaring in the clouds, perfectly displaying the powerful and imperial nature of these majestic creatures. Inside, a series of tunnels that takes on its shape, weaving through 21 exhibitions telling the stories of Chinese history and its influence on Thai culture over the past 5,000 years. The Museum of the Descendants of the Dragon is an exhibition that shows 5,000 years of Chinese and Thai history. So the new generations of Thais with Chinese descent can learn about their own history from the earliest times. It's a stroll through the corridors of time, tales of dynasties and battles, tales that form the roots, the foundations of a cultural richness that draws in millions of tourists to Thailand each year. A landmark agreement was recently inked, a visa-free alliance that will allow citizens of China and Thailand to freely travel to each other's countries from March 1st. It's a groundbreaking move that looks to reshape travel dynamics, and the initial results have been remarkable. Before the signing, we were having about 14,000, 15,000 Chinese visitors daily into the country. Now we're seeing upwards of 20,000 a day, right? So it has really been a good stimulant for travel before the Lunar New Year. China was a top source for Thailand's tourism industry, a major driver for the economy before COVID-19. But the return of Chinese tourists has been slow. The Lunar New Year period last year, Thailand saw less than 30,000 Chinese tourists. This year, with visa exemptions for Chinese tourists, Thailand's tourism industry is bracing for the dragon's roar to usher in new travel frontiers. We expect during the Lunar New Year at least 177,000 okay, uh, Chinese travelers coming in direct from, from the People's Republic of China into Thailand. Thai tourism hopes to manifest the Year of the Dragon, a legendary creature with the ability to roam the skies and the seas, bringing with it good fortune and prosperity, and the ability to take China-Thai relations to new heights. Desita Saoka reporting from Thailand. Turning to China, a senior Chinese official has called on China and the United States to stabilize and develop economic ties and deepen exchanges. Vice Premier He Lifeng made the remarks during a meeting with a delegation led by Undersecretary Jay Shambao of the U.S. Treasury. Shambao was in Beijing for the third meeting of the China-U.S. Economic Working Group. Zhe Hongyu has details. 
At the meeting, Chinese Vice Premier He Lifeng stressed the importance of China and the United States strengthening cooperation via the Bilateral Economic Working Group to stabilize and advance economic ties. The vice premier called on the two sides to implement the important consensus reached by the two heads of state at their San Francisco meeting and continue to make good use of the available channels to deepen exchanges. He also urged efforts to enhance consensus and accumulate results to bring more benefits to enterprises and the two peoples. The China-U.S. Economic Working Group held its third meeting in the Chinese capital on Monday and Tuesday. Chinese Vice Minister of Finance Liao Min and U.S. Deputy Secretary of the Treasury Jay Shamba co-chaired the meeting. The two countries discussed macroeconomics, G20 cooperation, and industrial policies. China expressed concerns over U.S. tariff hikes on China, two-way investment restrictions, and sanctions to suppress Chinese enterprises. Both sides agreed to maintain communication on these issues. Meantime, Chinese Vice Commerce Minister Wang Xiaowen and U.S. Undersecretary of Commerce Marisa Lago held talks via video. A Commerce Ministry statement says they discussed economic and trade issues and work ahead of the first vice ministerial meeting of the China-U.S. Economic Working Group. Wang stressed that China-U.S. economic and trade cooperation is a stabilizing force in bilateral ties. He added that China is willing to work with the U.S. to implement the important consensus reached by the two heads of state and gave full play to the role of the China-U.S. Economic Working Group to expand cooperation, manage differences, and create favorable conditions for cooperation between the two countries' business communities. The vice commerce minister also expressed concerns over U.S. semiconductor and cloud services export controls against China. He also highlighted the unfair treatment of Chinese companies in the U.S. and its restrictive measures on Chinese photovoltaic products. That was Zhou Hongyu on the China-U.S. Economic Working Group meeting. Recapping today's headlines, it's been four months since fighting between Israel and Hamas broke out. Hamas says it has responded to a proposed ceasefire deal drawn up in Paris in a positive spirit. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has testified at a House Financial Services Committee hearing on the outlook of the global financial system. And a senior Chinese official has called on China and the United States to stabilize and develop economic ties and deepen exchanges during a meeting of the China-U.S. Economic Working Group. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tianlu. Thank you for listening.